feel like we're a pilot and co-pilot on an airplane here. Like this is Tommy and I'm Joe and this is Tojo Live. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Hey guys, our um, our theme for the year has been do something. It's all been about about ministry, about serving people the way Jesus served. We talked about the servanthood of Jesus. We've talked about a lot of things uh, throughout the year about getting people plugged into service. And um, and and it, listen, I believe it's worked because we have been more service oriented. Not that we weren't before. But listen, we don't ever want to get to a place in anything that we do where, we're, where we go, okay, we've achieved it. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Let us never settle, okay? Uh, we always want to look at how we can and grow that and improve that and make that better. And, and I feel like we have done that um, this year. You know, there is a, uh, there's, there's some churches in China where, you know, oftentimes... It's, it's a struggle to meet for worship and to do things as a church uh, in China. But there's, there's several churches in China that, that say this whenever a new member becomes a part of their church. They say, Jesus now has a new pair of eyes to see with, new ears to listen with, new hands to help with, and a new heart to love others with. You know, that's what it means when we become a part of the church. It's not just, hey, we're a part of a group that, you know, this group is going to go to heaven one day when, they, when, when we all die. Um, it's about what God is doing through the church right here and right now. I'll tell you an interesting book to read uh, sometime uh, by uh, Dr. James D. Kennedy. He passed away several years ago, but he wrote a book uh, called, uh, What If Jesus Had Never Been Born? And the whole premise behind the book is, is all many things that we take for granted in today's society that would not be here if it had not been for the influence of Jesus in people, His church, the difference uh, that they have made. Uh, just, a, just a couple of, of samples of that. Our whole um, health system that we have, you realize that that was inspired by followers of Jesus to take care of people who were sick. Now, with all the misgivings or complaints you may have about the healthcare system, and listen, I'm there with you. Sometimes we like to complain. But let me just say, I would much rather have it than not have it. Right? We can always find things to complain about, but when you stop and think about it, I mean, you know people that would not be here today, and you may not be here today, if it was not for our healthcare system. And, and the achievements that they've made. And listen, that started from a Christian influence, from a Jesus influence uh, in that. Our higher education system uh, in this country was originally started. Most of your Ivy League schools who, who kind of shove God to the side nowadays, but most of your Ivy League schools were started by Christians for the main purpose of developing ministers. To, to prepare them to go out and, and spread the word. And so, um, you know, it's that, uh, it's that influence of Jesus through His people that makes this world a better place. Um, one of the passages of Scripture that we've looked at several times 
this year is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And, and Paul is writing the Corinthian church here, and, and he's kind of frustrated with the Corinthian church because they're, they're very divided. And some of them are saying, hey, I was baptized by Paul. I was baptized by Apollos. I was baptized by Peter. And, and Paul's basically saying, who cares? You know, who cares who baptized you? That's not what it's all about. And, and he finally gets to the point in verses 5 and 6. He says, what after all is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. Listen, each one of us has a task. God has called us to a specific task that He's equipped each one of us for. And as we do those tasks, people come to know the Lord. The church grows and, and differences are made because each one of us are doing what God has, has called us to do. Um, another passage of scripture. Joe, feel free to butt in at any no, time because this is more of a I'm more of a conversation. Um, <laughs> Ephesians two ten. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, and, and we we kind of took that verse apart a little bit this year and dug into it. Uh, that word handiwork, there's a lot of different translations that can be used there and that are used if you look at different uh, versions of the Bible. Uh, one of them is workmanship. We are God's workmanship that He has, he has you know, individually put us together. Uh, some uh, verses call it a work of art or, or some translations uh, use the term work of art there. Um, and it kind of leads me into another one that's often used is the word masterpiece. Some translations say you are God's masterpiece. You know, a masterpiece has value, doesn't it? A masterpiece is not one of those paintings you go, yeah, it's been up there a while. It's about time we got rid of that. You don't do that with a masterpiece. People pay millions of dollars for a masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. The actual Greek word that is used there is poeme, where we get our English word poem. We are, we are the poetry of God. And He has created us to do good works, which He prepared in advance for us to do. Before you were ever born, God already had a plan for your life. Had a plan for my life. And as we do those tasks that we're assigned, great things happen. Mother Teresa put it this way. Holy living consists in doing God's work with a smile. A lot of times we think holy living is about secluding ourselves and getting off on a mountain and, and meditating and, and having this enlightening experience or whatever. And, but I, I think this is a great, great definition of holy living. It's just doing God's work with a smile. Going out there and, and serving Him. Joe, we're not into the body what we're talking about yet, no, but you got I, any I, comments here? Well, no, I couldn't agree with you more. A lot of people think of, of ministry as hard work and painful and sacrifices. The reality is we're a blessing to others so they could be a blessing to us. Yeah. And as Mother Teresa said, you do it with a smile because it feels good. You're not doing it because it's uh, you're going to get something back in return. You know, I do believe that 
on judgment day, our character and what we've done with our abilities will be in part, you know, how, how we're measured and how we're rewarded. But do it with a smile. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some of you guys watch Tojo Live uh, from time to time. Some of you watch it every week. And, you know, we kind of have this, this interaction uh, going on here. And, um, and, and we enjoy it. Hey, guys, if you've, if you've never watched uh, Tojo Live, uh, I don't know how much education or information you're going to get from it, but, uh, but you'll laugh, okay, because we have a good time. But we talk about some things that we don't necessarily have the time or, or really the focus uh, to talk about on Sunday morning, but we dig into some uh, stuff that people have real questions about. And uh, I would encourage you um, to get on there sometime. We do it every Wednesday evening uh, from 6 to 7. And if you can't catch it at that time, um, it stays up on Facebook. It stays up on our YouTube page. So you could go back and watch it or watch past um, uh, recordings of it and stuff. But we, we, yeah. we kind of have this, this interaction back and forth. That we it's, it's we fun. love Tojo Live. And it's yeah. su such a big part of it is, is our, our viewers, their contribution, asking questions and so forth. But my favorite part of Tojo Live is being able to pray for people yep. and the challenges they face. And, you know, at any given time, there could be 30, 40 people online. But over the course of a few days, we have 2,500 wow. has been, I think, the top. We have hundreds every week that, yeah. that are watching that. And it's just such a blessing for Tommy and I. So Wednesday, 6 o'clock, be there or be square. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, we, wanna, we just want to kind of talk a little bit um, um, about – some of the stuff that we've talked about over the year. Uh, we've talked about a lot of things. We're not going to be talking about all of them, but we want to we want to pin in on about about four of those uh, that we've talked about this year. And at the beginning of the year, we talked about our shape. And shape is an acronym. It stands for your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. Because God has shaped each and every one of us for a specific task. You don't have the same spiritual gifts I do or that your neighbor does. Uh, we may share one here and there, but, but, but he's also called you in unique ways. You have different abilities than I do. I, I've told you guys before, if your car is not running right, you don't want me working on your car, okay? And if I love you, I won't work on your car, okay? Because I'm afraid of what might happen to you if I do. Because I don't have an ability there. But some of you guys do. And some of you ladies even have, have got an, an, an ability. Listen, we've all got different abilities. Right? And, and, and God gives us those abilities so that we can use them for Him. Um, our, our heart, our passion. What we're passionate about. You know, the, there may be some things that you're like, yeah, we need to do that. And yeah, I enjoy that. But then there's those other things that it's like, I have got to do this. Okay? It keeps me awake at night thinking about it. It gets me up early thinking about it. This is my passion. And, and you just, there's a drive there. And you know what? That's not there by accident. God put that there in that. This is great. I think we got a question. Yes. <laughs> Not for you, then we wouldn't have had Jack here. 
she has done about all the work largely unheralded yeah. to keep this ministry going. Yeah, anybody do that, right? Well, and he plays guitar and he sings really well too. Yeah. So. yeah so they. So. Richard, you you were so you accolades about that. That's how we're supposed to be. I mean, I guess we're not supposed to, as you say, we're not yeah. supposed to look for for appreciation. The ability to be a blessing to, to somebody is a blessing in itself. Yeah. It's, it's such an awesome, yeah. I, awesome contribution. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, just just a, a few points. Not only is it what happens behind the camera, but it's what happens in, in the back. You know, Tammy's trained a team. Chris has been here for years. Uh, you know, ha handling the audio and, and, and then obviously we've got a video crew and, and Christine and the whole, the whole team back there, you know, I'm waving back there and D Dylan's at the camera today and, and uh, Steve and Fabian. So we thank everyone. There's yeah. so much that goes on behind the scenes and friends in the past year and a half, thousands of churches have died around the country. Yeah. And by God's yeah. grace, not only have we survived, but we've thrived. Yep. And that's a, that's yep. a tribute to the worship team, but it's a tribute to the congregation. Absolutely. Tommy and I have said, this is a building. This isn't a church. The people that are right here and online, that's our church. Yep. Brothers yep. and sisters in Christ. We yeah. Guys. Yeah. I, I just want to point out, you, you heard what Richard said, right, Tammy? They're thankful that I'm here because I brought you with me. <laughs> I've told Tammy a couple of times, I've told Tammy a couple of times, I said, they may fire me, but they're going to keep you. So I don't. But listen, every part that everybody plays is valuable. It's valuable. Because listen, Tammy couldn't do what she does without other people working with her. Joe and I can't do what we do without other people working with us. It's, it's everybody plays a part all our all our 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 elders our deacons our uh, small group leaders our fit team our um, av team and broadcast team bible study bible studies those that it, that it, that do the decorations and stuff like that those that take care of when, when everything when anything breaks down in this building that stuff doesn't magically just get better. Somebody has to put blood, sweat, and tears into that to make that work. And, and there's, there's tons of other things that, that, that I don't even mention that I'm as guilty as anybody take for granted, right? Until the person's not there to do it, and all of a sudden everything falls apart. You're like, what, what happened? What, you know? Because every part that each one of us plays is valuable.
it's valuable into what God is doing um, in us and through us. 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 4 and 6 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. We are serving the same God. We all serve in different ways, but we're serving the same God, and that fits together like a puzzle. Brendan Manning put it this way, always be who you is, because if you is who you ain't, then you ain't who you is. <laughs> you know, don't try, don't try to be Tammy. All right. Sometimes even Tammy has trouble doing it. Okay, it's a tough, tough person to be. Um, don't try to be your neighbor. Don't try to don't try to be your parents. Don't try to be your spouse. God created you individually as a unique person. And if there's two of us just alike, one of us is a waste, right? <laughs> so we need to bring our differences together toward a common goal. Um, second thing we talked about this year is uh, a thing I talked about earlier in the year is um, becoming a 3D Christian. Now, what does, that, what does that mean? What does that, the 3D stand for? It stands for being a person who discovers, develops, and demonstrates their gifts and abilities. And you know what? As a church, we want to be a place where people discover, and then develop, and then demonstrate their gifts and abilities. First of all, you want to discover what those are. You know how many of us, if we went around and said, what's your spiritual gift, would be able to give an answer? Some of us would. How many of us, if we said, you know, what's your, what's your top two abilities that God has given you? Some of us could, but some of us couldn't. You know? We want to be a place that, where we help each other to discover those, and then to develop those, to grow those, and to get better in those gifts and abilities. I'm, I'm a strong proponent of working on your gifts and abilities more so than your weaknesses. Okay? I am never going to be an expert at math. I might improve. Okay? But I'm never going to be an expert at it. I don't have a passion for it. I don't have the ability for it. I don't have the focus for it. That numbers just don't draw my attention. I love words. Let's do words all day. Um, but numbers just don't grab me. And so, you know, I could take I could take classes in 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 auto mechanics, and I could improve. I could get better, but I'm probably never going to be able to open up my own mechanic shop. You know, without getting sued somewhere down the line. You can't open the hood of your car. <laughs> that's not too far from the Tammy, truth. Tammy told me that. <laughs> that's, a, that's another helpful thing. <laughs> there you go. It's funny. One time, uh, I, had a, I had a PT Cruiser. You remember those? You ever looked under the hood of one of those? It's like a thousand cars into like a, a foot square. And there is, everything is compacted in there. And my battery had died in that car. And I don't know a lot about cars, but I know how to change battery, right? Until I opened up the hood of this PT Cruiser and I couldn't figure out how to get to the battery. I'm like, well, how do you get? So I had a friend of mine across the, uh, across the road from me who was a mechanic. 
And he came, he saw that I was frustrated. He came over there and he got to look. He couldn't figure it out either. Tammy comes out with a YouTube video. And she looked up and we watched that YouTube in two minutes. We, we, got, the, we got the battery out of there. So see, sometimes it's just a matter of knowing where to look for stuff like that. But listen, John Maxwell says that if we work really hard at something, on a, if, if, if we're you know, rated on a scale from 0 to 10, if we work really hard on something, we might be able to raise that a couple of spots. And he said, so if you're, if you're a 2 in something and you work really hard at it, you might become a 4, which is average. Right? But if you're a seven in something and you work really hard at it and you bring it up to a nine, he says people paid good money for nines. <laughs> right? And so I, I, it's this thing I like to call the difference between mastery and maintenance. We need some maintenance. We need to work on our weaknesses some. Okay? But the things that we need to work on the most are things that we're already good at doing. We're already gifted and have abilities there. And so we can master those things. And I encourage people to spend about 80% of your time, energy, and effort in mastering the things you're good at and about 20% improving those things or doing maintenance on those things that you're, you're weak at. Because God has created us in a specific way. And it, it, it's counterproductive if we go, God, I just don't like the way you created me. I'm, I want to be somebody else. You know, it doesn't work. Another thing that I'm very excited about is as a body, as a church body, you know, we are still a little bit of a work in progress, but we are so complete. Yeah. I mean, many churches, you know, they have a head and they have a hand and they have a leg or whatever, but they, they don't have all the appendages and all uh, the organs. We have that. Yeah. You know, and we're growing right. that as well. Right. We're developing that for very, very I'm I'm just curious, where's the liver? <laughs> <laughs> Chris is pointing. But but you're right, and Paul uses that as an illustration, the very body and how the different parts of the body work together to accomplish that. You know, the hand can't say I wish I was a foot because that that's going to be counterproductive. The hand tries to be the foot. The whole body is going to fall, you know? Um, and so it's the same way in the church. God has created each one of us with certain gifts. And when we use those gifts, it's not only better for us as individuals, it's better for the church as a whole. So Galatians uh, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. And I, I actually put this on Facebook earlier this week says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. Those are great words to heed right there. And I would encourage you um, to take a life retreat and, and just look at... You can get spiritual gift surveys online. You can get them for free. You can go to um, uh, online and, and you, can even, you can order some if you want to pay, pay money for the ones that are more extensive. Same thing with personality style, stuff like that. Listen, if you want somebody to walk you through that, that's my passion. 
Okay? That's why I'm spending so much time on this point, and I need to get moving on, or we're not we're going to run out of time here. But but my passion is helping people discover their shape. Um, that that lights my fire. And so if you want somebody to walk you through that, um, I'd be more than willing to do that. But take a what I call a life review retreat. Now, for some of you, that may be several days. I do this once a year. I take I take about six days. I get away from everything. And I just review my life. I get ready for the year coming up. I set my goals for the upcoming year. Um, I'm weird. I'm odd. I know six days may not work for you. But take six hours if that works better for you. And just get away from everything. Don't turn your phone on and, and be answering um, texts and stuff. Get away from everything. Set your time, whether it's a few hours, a few days, or whatever, and just focus on what it is God has equipped you to do through your shape, through your heart, through your abilities, through your personality, and through your experiences. <laughs> There's a Danish proverb that goes like this. What you are is God's gift to you. What you do with yourself is your gift to God. So, all right. What do you got for us, Joe? Yeah, no, I mean, so again, the theme of the year was do something. And uh, the title of our first sermon series was actually do something. And uh, I think the third or fourth week of that, I, I gave a sermon on how real servants act. And, you know, the world defines uh, greatness in terms of power and possessions and prestige and position. You know, if you can demand service for, from others, you've arrived. In our self-serving culture, it's me first and everyone else afterwards. But Jesus turned the world upside down. He measured greatness in terms of service, not status. And God determines our greatness by how many people you serve, not how many people serve you. And it's contrary to the world's idea of greatness. And we have a hard time at times understanding that. You know, thousands of books have been read and written on, on leadership, but very few on servanthood. Everyone wants to lead, but not many people want to be a servant. And we would rather be generals than privates. But to be like Jesus, to be like him, we've got to be a servant. That's what we're called to do. And Tommy just talked about how God has shaped you. And while knowing your shape is critically important for serving God, having the heart of a servant is even more important. Yep. Remember, God shaped you for service, not for self-centeredness. And without a servant's heart, you'll be tempted to misuse your shape and your talents for personal grain. You'll be tempted to make excuse for yourself to exempt you. I'm too busy to do that. I talked about six characteristics of a real servant. The first one was real servants make themselves available to serve. They don't fill up their time with other things that are less important. They've got to be ready to jump in when someone needs it, not when it's convenient for us. Because if you do that, you're not a real servant. Real servants act when it's not convenient. So the question we have to ask ourselves, are we available to God anytime? Are we available to others? Can, are we willing to let the needs of others mess up our schedule and plans? You know, being a servant means giving up the right to control your own schedule and allowing God to interrupt you whenever he needs you. You know, the second point I talked about is real servants pay attention to, to the needs of others. 
You know, servants aren't, aren't always on the lookout for ways to help others, but when they see a need, they seize the moment. You know, Galatians 6.10 reads, whenever we have the opportunity, we must do what is good for everyone, especially, especially for the family of believers. And Jeff and Richard, you said it so well. You know, we are a church of brothers and sisters in Christ. We have prayer trains going going around 24 by 7. We, we've got um, worship going around 24 7. We meet as groups. We're there to serve each other and help each other out. And I got to tell you, in my 62 years on this planet, I've never been involved with a church with this much heart, this much love. And it's such a blessing to work with Amen. my brother and Amen. sister and everyone here. And so, uh, also to, um, you know how I discovered many of my spiritual gifts was just being attentive to needs. Um, and, you know, my mission was to kind of keep a special eye out for those things, those people that were slipping through the cracks whose needs weren't getting met. Yeah. And it was called the Care Committee. Uh, and, um, you know, and the Lord just showed me what I could do in Him, through Him. It wasn't me. Right. Um, oh, thank you. No, Jeff, thank you. Hey, so the third point is real servants do the best with what they have. And, Tommy, you summed this up great that we all have different talents. But servants don't make excuses, they don't procrastinate, they don't wait for its time that they have available. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11, verse four, farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. Mm. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Words of wisdom there. Yes. Hey, the fourth point, real servants do every task with equal dedication. Uh, for this one, we don't need to look any further than what Paul said in Colossians uh, chapter three. He said, whatever you do, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It's the Lord Christ you are serving. You know, that that verse right there, what Paul writes, it tells us that the size of the task is irrelevant. The only issue is, does, not, does God need it to be done? You quoted M Mother Teresa before. Uh, she said once, if you can't feed 100 people, then just feed one. Yeah. Before attempting to, uh, to do the extraordinary, try serving in an ordinary way. Yeah. You know, the fifth point, real servants are faithful to their ministry. You know, servants finish their task first. They fulfill the responsibilities. They keep their promises. They complete their commitments. They don't do a job uh, halfway and they don't quit when they get discouraged. They're trustworthy, they're dependable, and you can count on them. You know, faithfulness has always been a rare quality. Most people don't know the meaning of commitment. They make commitments casually. They break them at the slightest, um, the, the slightest turmoil, the slightest challenge. But a real servant does things without hesitation, without remorse, without regret, Every week, churches and other organizations have to improvise. Their, their congregation has to volunteer. And when we do that, we're serving God. We're following the calling to be brothers and sisters 
and as Jesus did, not be served, but to serve others. And then the sixth point, and one of my favorites, is real servants maintain a low profile. Servants don't promote themselves or call attention to what they're doing. Instead of acting to impress, dressing for success, we're told in, in 1 Peter, clothe yourselves with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You know, if you're recognized for your service, real servants humbly accept it. They don't allow their notoriety to distract from their work. They're humble, and that pleases God. You know, in heaven, God is going to openly reward some of the most obscure and unknown servants, yep. people that we never heard about, who taught emotionally disturbed children, who cleaned up from incontinent elders, who nursed people back during COVID-19, and who served in thousands of other words, in other ways that we never knew about. But God sees everything. Yep. And knowing this, friends, we don't have to be discouraged when your service is unnoticed or if it's taken for granted. Keep serving our Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, Paul encourages us and he says, With all this going for us, my dear, dear friends, stand your ground and don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing for him is a waste of time or effort. Because even the smallest service is noticed by God and it'll be rewarded because that, my friends, is how real servants act. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it, Joe. Hey, one, one uh, last point we want to we wanna emphasize as we go is not only how do real servants act, how does a real servant think? Thinking like a real servant. Now, probably one of the best passages that, that really points that out is Philippians Chapter 2, verses 5 through 7, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a matter of our attitude and how we approach things. And um, I learned several years ago about the attitude of a plane. We often hear about the altitude of a plane. But we don't very often hear about the attitude of the plane. But the attitude of the plane is the tilt of the plane in relation to the earth, which, guess what, determines its altitude. The attitude determines the altitude. You know, And if it's coming in to land and the, the attitude is not good, if it's not tilted right what's going to happen at the very best it's going to be a rough landing the very worst it's going to crash and burn right and it's all because of the attitude of the plane and sometimes the same thing is true for us and and, and typically when that happens when somebody crashes and burns because of their attitude they want to blame everybody else it was my parents' fault. It was my, my siblings' fault. It was my neighbor's fault. It was the government's fault. It was the church's fault. It was the preacher's fault. You know, we, we want to blame anybody that keeps us from taking responsibility for our own situation. But when we take responsibility for our own situation, we're able to correct that attitude which determines our altitude. 
Albert Schweitzer put it this way, the only really happy people are those who have learned how to serve. And I believe that's absolutely true. We live in a self-indulgent world where we think the more stuff we get, the happier, happier we will be. But it doesn't work that way. The more we learn to serve, the happier we will be. Hey, listen, guys, we're going to wrap up here, but one thing we do want to point out as we wrap up, we talk about our strengths and how God has gifted us and our abilities and stuff like that and emphasize those, and we do want to emphasize those. But the crazy thing about God is not only does He use our strengths, sometimes He uses our weaknesses as well. Sometimes He uses them even more than our strengths, which is a crazy, crazy thing, but He does it. Um, I like what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He's talking about something that the Lord said to him when he was dealing with thorn in the flesh, that, that he, what he referred to as a thorn in the flesh. And he asked it to be removed. You know, God, get this away from me. Get it out of my life. You know, and this is, this is God's response. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So God uses our strengths. Don't take that to think He doesn't. He does use our strengths. And we see that throughout the Bible. But He also uses our weaknesses. That He may be glorified. Listen, who better, who better to minister to somebody who has struggled with alcohol than somebody else who's had that same struggle? See, it was their weakness. But God is using it for good. God is using it in a more powerful way. Listen, I've got training and counseling. I've got a master's in life coaching. And I've got, I've got a, a degree in Bible and all this stuff. Those are my strengths, right? And I can use those to help somebody in that situation. But not as good, not as well as somebody who has been through it. Why? Because God is using their weaknesses as well as their strengths, but especially their weaknesses in that situation, because they know, they know what that person's going through much better than I do. And God is an amazing God when He does that. And we're going we're gonna to wrap this up with a great uh, thing that, uh, that Joe is going to share with you that I think just really drives home this point. Yeah, I love this story. It's a story of a water bearer in India. And he had two large, large pots, each hung from a pole, uh, which he carried across his neck. And one of the pots had a crack in it when the other pot was perfect and always delivered a full portion of water at the end of a long walk from the stream up to the master's house. The pot that was cracked only delivered half full. And this happened for a full two years and it went on daily with the bearer, the bearer delivering one and a half pots to the master's house. Now, of course, the perfect pot was proud of its accomplishments. The poor pot that was cracked was ashamed of its imperfection and unable to accomplish uh, what it was meant to do. It could only do half of it. And, you know, after two years of this feeling like a failure, the pot said to the water bearer one day, I'm ashamed of myself and I want to apologize to you. And the water bearer said, why? What are you ashamed of? And to this, the pot replied, I have been able for the unable for the past two years to deliver my full load. Only a half pot I could deliver. And this causes, you know, you would only deliver a half of what I was capable for. And because of my flaws, you don't, you don't get value. 
you don't get recognized for your full efforts. Now the water bearer felt sorry for the pot. And in his compassion, he said, as we return to the master's house, I want you to notice the beautiful flowers along the path. And indeed, when they went up the hill, the pot crack took notice of the sun warming, beautiful wildflowers on, on the side of the path. And while this cheered him up some, it still felt bad, still felt like a failure because once again, he had leaked half the water out of the pot. So again, he apologized to the water bearer. And the water bearer said to the pot, did you notice that the flowers were only on your side of the path? That's because I've always known of your flaw and I took advantage of it. You see, every day for the past two years, I've been able to pick up these beautiful flowers and decorate our master's table. Without you being just the way you are, you would have not provided the beauty each and every day to grace the master's house. You know, friends, each of us have our own unique flaws. You know, when you think about it, we're all crackpots, you know, but if we allow him, if we allowed the Lord to use our flaws for his grace, for his glory, it's amazing. And we need to do that, as Tommy said. You know, Jesus came to save those who were lost, not, not those who were able. He came to save the sinners. He suffered and died on our behalf. He paid the price of sin for all of us. And he doesn't call us to be perfect. Instead, he calls us to himself. And then he clothes us in his perfection, mm -hmm. not ours. I love that story. Amen. Amen. Joe, I appreciate that. Guys, I appreciate you. This has been a, a great year. It's been a, it's been a tough year. Um, we were all hoping when January came around a year ago that all of this COVID stuff was going to be behind us. Um, it's not exactly. I do believe we're better off now than we were, even with the recent surge. Um, they understand it better now, so they're able to, to handle it a little better. Um, but it still is concerning. And we're still struggling with that. Listen, let's just continue to move forward together. We've, we've come this far together. And as Joe said, you all have been great as a congregation. Your service, your faithfulness, um, even, even our offerings. There was very little fluctuation in that even when we had long stretches of not even being in a building. And listen, thank you. Thank you. As Joe said, there, there are thousands of churches that had to close up for good as a result of, of quarantining and, and, and all of that. So, listen, we're, we're blessed by God to be here and to continue to move forward. And um, let's, let's just continue, continue to do. Let's use that blessing. There you go. All right. Um, let's, uh, let's pray as they come up for the music. Dear God, we thank You that You allow us to be a part of what You're doing in this world. That You allow us to do something that's a part of the overall purpose that You're working out in this world, God. We're just, we're just a small little part of it. But just because it's small doesn't mean it's not significant. Because it is. Every part we play is significant in what You are doing in this world. And God, I just pray that You you help us to continue to grow in serving You. That we continue to do something. Even after this year is gone, 
we continue to do something in service to you. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's stand as we sing. guys if you'll have a quick seat we'll get you out of here in just a few minutes i know we've gone a little long today um but joe and i love talking together so much it, it goes a little long
price for all my guilty Who could care that much about me Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way where there ain't no way Rises up from an empty grave Ain't no sinner that he can't save Let me tell you about my Jesus His love is strong and his grace is free And the good news is I know that he can do for you What he's done for me Let me tell you about my Jesus Let my Jesus change your life Hallelujah 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 Guys, this upcoming year, we're going to have an emphasis on evangelism. Our theme is going to be, let me tell you about my Jesus. Okay, a lot of our messages are going to be um, in, that, in that theme. We're going to look at how to be better equipped to be able to share Jesus with other people. And a lot of our, a lot of our, our series are going to be evangelistic type series where you can bring your friends and co-workers, okay, and family members. All right. Matter of fact, we're going to be very intentional about that right in the beginning of the year about, you know, having people in mind. Who do you want to see come to Jesus in 2022? Okay, we're going to be very intentional about that. So keep that in your prayers as we approach that. We kick it off next Sunday. I am excited about it because I don't think there's anything we can tell anybody that is more important than when we tell them about our Jesus. Love you guys.
every day.